Hey everybody, Dave Hagen here. Are you wealthy? That's today on the Financial Wellness Podcast. Welcome to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to the financial success. Here is your host, financial problem solver and talk show host, Dave Hagan. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of the Financial Wellness Podcast, as we like to call it. You're listening to episode 509, and today we are going to answer the question, are you wealthy? But first, hey, look, it's Nick Appel. How are you doing, Nick? Hey, look, it's David Hagan. Nick's coming to us from a remote location today, a secret remote location. Thank you for dialing in and being with us. Of course, man. I'm looking off of my balcony out to the sea, and it's not a bad view, Dave. <laughs> nice. Well, it sounds like maybe uh, you're wealthy in some ways there, Nick. Uh, <laughs> Let me tell you a little story. I remember when I was a young kid, I had a friend who came over one day and he said, oh, I'm rich. And I said, no way, you're not rich. You live three houses down. I see your house. You're, you're not rich. Or so I thought. And then he said, well, you know, um, I'm rich with family. He, he said his family was most, mostly together and he had a lot of cousins to play with. Oh, okay. He said he was wealthy with, with friends. He had a lot of friends at school and, and the neighborhood. He said he was wealthy with his health. He said his family was healthy. He was pretty healthy. We talked about a kid that you know missed a lot of class because he was sick. So I guess when I thought about it, even though he didn't have a bunch of uh, money flowing out of his pocket, I, I guess he was rich or, or, or wealthy. He was wealthy with friends and family and health. But I want to focus on one slightly different aspect of that today. And I want to focus today on being financially wealthy, because I think that fits into our whole topic of financial wellness. What is financially wealthy? And we always think in terms of dollars or how much, uh, how much is wealthy? Nick, you ever think about that? I do, Dave, but I think it's subjective. You know what I mean? I think it is. I remember when I was a kid, though, I used to go, oh, oh, man, I'm going to be I'm going to be a millionaire. Uh, millionaire doesn't uh, doesn't really cut the mustard anymore. huh? Well, I mean, I, Dave, did, Dave, does that even buy you a house in Southern California? Not hardly. Not hardly. I mean, there are some houses for less than that in SoCal, but not a bunch, you know, not a bunch. And I remember what was it about 15 20 years ago one of the stock brokerage firms that wanted to get into money management was saying you know oh you got to have you know a million dollars to be comfortable in your retirement and I thought, oh my god so now they've got us on this path to to saving a million dollars that that just sounds like a ridiculously large amount just to be comfortable so that brings us back to what does it take to be wealthy or what is wealthy. So uh, Charles Schwab did a survey in 2021. It's called their Modern Wealth Survey. And it's always interesting to see what other uh, people say or 
you know, what, what society thinks, although what society thinks or says always isn't the bottom line of anything, but it's always interesting to, to start out there. And people responded, if your average net worth, now let's think about that for a minute. They're not talking about income. They're not talking about gross value of assets, average net worth, which would be value of all assets minus debt. So for TFWPers, for the most part, it would be no debt, but average net worth to be wealthy. Most people said in the 2021 survey, you need $1.9 million. How much, Dave? How much? $1.9 million. Now, interestingly enough, that was down from 2.6 million in 2020. Why do you think that is, Nick? Any thoughts? Inflation? I, I have no idea, Dave. You know, I think it is because, I mean, that's a $700,000 drop in, you know, in the public's opinion. I kind of think it's uh, a pandemic thing. I think that people were sitting at home going, well, maybe I got a bunch of money, but it's not going to help me if I die from the plague or whatever it was. Um I think that people are now more into experiences than assets. Heck, uh, look at the recent Super Bowl ad that, that somebody, I forget who even did the ad, but it was all about, um, hey, it's not about the money, it's about the experiences. So people are thinking that it takes less to be wealthy. Now, I, don't, I don't know about you, Nick, but uh, $1.9 million in assets, heck, in Southern California, that could that could be a house and a bank account. That that doesn't strike me. Definitely, as being I mean, it sounds like my sounds like my debt. Yeah. Now, another thing they were asked is, what should your average net worth need to be to be or to have financial happiness? Which I think is maybe a um, a smaller subset of, of being wealthy. And in 2021, it was $1.1 million. And in 2020, it was $1.75 million. So still a pretty interesting drop-off between 2020 and 2021. So now yet a smaller subset of that question, what does your average net worth need to be to be financially comfortable? 2021, $624,000. In 2020, it was $934,000. Now, <clears throat> to be financially comfortable, $624,000, that will not get you um, a house, at least in the, the large part of um, Southern California. But it's interesting to see what people are saying in terms of what it takes to be wealthy, because I think it reflects upon uh, people's understanding or, or thought process about um, wealth. So that's what these respondents said to the Charles Schwab 2021 Modern Wealth Survey. And is that the answer? You need $1.9 million to be wealthy. Does that uh, get you to be wealthy, Nick? You know, I would love to see a correlation between, you know, how much it takes to be wealthy and happiness i i think they're not necessarily independent i think you know at times they are congruent would you agree yeah yeah no we'll talk about wealth and happiness in, in, in a couple of minutes but uh, you know I, I think you've hit it um 
I think you've hit it spot on. But a $1.9 million in Southern California? Uh-uh. Now, remember last week or week before last, we talked about what it took in other parts of the world. So what was our what was our smallest uh, country, the, 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 the cheapest amount? I think it was... Was it Ethiopia? Ethiopia. Yeah. So, so, and they, that was measured in dollars in income dollars, not in, not in wealth, but um, gosh, you could go to Ethiopia with a million dollars. Wasn't it like $50,000 is like wealthy in Ethiopia? No, no. It was even lower as I recall. Um, I think it was about 8,000 bucks oh, in annual goodness. income. I mean, it was a really low number when when you got to the $50,000 amount now again this is income not net value income $50,000 got you into i don't know like brazil and and you know some other countries around the world so um you know and and i and i think that point that you're making nick leads into or, or supports what you had said just a few minutes ago that it's subjective so um and i happen to agree with you i think it depends upon the 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 person or said another way wealth is in the eye of the beholder i'll give you a couple of examples um, i remember um, years ago uh, my wife and i went on a, a kayak boat tour on the backside of Kauai, and you're out in the ocean you see these rocks and these waterfalls and all this stuff and every day twice a day these two guys would take out a bunch of these butt white tourists and show them the wonders of hawaii and you could tell that they probably didn't have a, a lot of money. Um, I mean, they, when it was time for lunch, they were eating, you know, pretty skimpy stuff. They weren't eating uh, really well, but I'm sure, in fact, I can guarantee you that they pr felt pretty wealthy at the end of a long, hot day because the tip jar was full and they had enough for a, a, a nice meal to eat like Kings. And they got to share this incredible um, you know, physical uh, splendor with boatloads of people twice a day. I'll bet you they felt pretty wealthy. Or speaking about things being in the eye of the beholder, I remember years ago, uh, we were in Dallas, we went to a, drove out to a Texas Rangers game and bought some tickets from a guy out front because the, the, the game was sold out. And I said, well, are they good seats? He goes, oh, these are incredible seats. They're great seats. So we, we bought these tickets and we go in and they're up in like the third level in the top. And as we sat down in the, in the seats, you know, I, I saw him sitting down a couple of seats before and I said, Hey, I thought you I thought said these were really great seats. He goes, they are, aren't they? They're really great. They're behind home plate. So to him <laughs> sitting on the third level behind home plate was like phenomenal. And, and to me, um, you know, I knew someone who had seasons out at the Dodger stadium and, and we were like 10, 15 rows behind the dugout. So, uh, some things are in the eye of behold the beholder, great tickets, um, great, uh, entertainment experiences and probably wealth, um, a lot can be in the eyes of the beholder. So as we, as we were saying a couple minutes ago, we talked about this, what it takes to be wealthy. Um, and we talked about what it took to be wealthy in different cities around uh, the United States. And then we um, talked about, um, you know, what it took to um, be wealthy in terms of income in different countries around the world. I thought that was all very interesting. Um, it kind of allowed us to line things up and look at other things, but it also gave us an opportunity to put another element 
um, into our financial plan. That is, you don't have to have a great big pile of dough if you're interested in going to, to live in Ethiopia or Brazil or Australia or some of these other countries. So um, now we're still struggling with this idea what is financially wealthy? We've, we've acknowledged that it's in the eye of the beholder, or as Paul Simon used to say, one man's ceiling is another man's floor. Um, we talked about the fact that it's not necessarily measured by income, but net worth, uh, net worth defined as assets minus liabilities. Um, so we still don't have a good answer. We, you know, we've, we've looked at the Charles Schwab survey, which I thought was interesting. Um, but I don't think we put our finger on it. So let me tell you, to me, to me, just to me, being financially wealthy means being on the path towards or having achieved financial independence, which is one of our primary goals here at, at TFWP. And to me, that means that the interest or gains on your investments is sufficient to support your lifestyle. That to me is when you can be retired, although we've said retired is such a poor word for that. That's when you are financially independent. Uh, once you have achieved that, you can make a lot of different choices in terms of your like recreation work, et cetera, et cetera. So to me, at least financial independence or fina being financially wealthy means that the interest or gains on your investments is sufficient to support your lifestyle. And that means you can get more investments um, and have more interest, or it means you can take more risk and get higher interest on your investments. Or it means that you can have a lower expectation in terms of what it takes to live. And we talked about Ethiopia, but also like my, my two friends um, in Kauai, I bet it didn't cost them a lot to live and yet they had um, pretty phenomenal, a pretty phenomenal lifestyle. So I suppose the next question that, that comes up or that I, I think about is are, are wealthy happy? Does wealthy mean that you're happy? And I don't think so. When I was younger, I used to think so, hey, if somebody's wealthy, that means they got it together. That means they're happy. That means they have a good home life. They have um, you know, um, um, high, high, highly productive kids, et cetera, et cetera. I don't think so, though. I've seen a lot of unhappy, uh, wealthy people. And by the same token, I've seen a lot of people that are very um, much of modest means, and they're extremely proud and extremely happy. So um, I don't think that wealthy necessarily means happy. And it also seems to me that um, a contemplation of what it takes to be wealthy is a good opportunity to get back to your core values um, and, you, and your goals. And hopefully you've spent some time here at the beginning of the year. This podcast is, is going to be dropped uh, towards the beginning of the year. And hopefully you've already had an opportunity to do that for this year. What? You haven't? Well, there's still time. We're only... 10, 12% into the next year, do that, do that before you come back to next week's podcast. But as you're looking at your goals and values, as you're thinking about what it takes to be wealthy, um, that's something else to tuck into that, that contemplation um, at the beginning of the year, at the beginning of every year, your definition 
uh, might change. When I was young, uh, being wealthy was, oh, I don't have to go to work. I don't have to do anything. I can sit around and watch TV and um, have a house and have enough food and have a dog. Um, my, my thought in terms of what it takes to be wealthy or what wealthy means is a lot different these days. So um, maybe it'll change over the, over the course of your life. So here's some, here's some thoughts. Um, number one, think it through. Think it through. What does it take to be wealthy in your mind? Spend some time on it. Jot down a few notes so you can go back to it. You'll see how it may change over time. But spend a little bit of time thinking it through in advance. Thought number two, income is not wealth. Hopefully we've stepped on that hard enough uh, the first part of this year that everybody understands now that income is not wealth. That's a false thing to pursue. Income is fleeting. Saved income. Saved income that's put into investments. Now you're talking. That's power. Thought number three, wealth is different for different folks. Wealth with the two guys in Hawaii is different than somebody living in the city. Uh, wealth is defined, at least according to the Schwab study, at about uh, 2 million bucks, 1.9 million bucks. Mm. One man's ceiling is another man's floor. Um, thought number four, uh, wealth doesn't necessarily mean happy. Uh, there's lots of people that are happy that are not wealthy. And there's lots of wealthy people that certainly aren't happy. Another thought, thought number five, don't compare. Um, I've heard it said that comparison is the thief of joy. Hmm, think about that. Comparison is the thief, the thief of joy. Don't compare. Decide what's right for you and pursue what's right for you. And don't compare it against anybody else. You know, here in, in Southern California, we've got this phenomenal automobile society. Everybody drives, hardly anybody uses public trans transit, which is kind of a shame and a different discussion, but everybody's driving around. Everybody wants to have a nice new car. Everybody's got these really high car payments um, and they're driving around these depreciating assets, which is crazy to me. I, I did that for a while. I gave up on that. Um, so comparison is the thief of joy. Don't compare what you got compared to somebody else. Decide what you want and go get it. That's a much better way to look at it, it seems to me. So here at the TFWP, we try to give you tools and things to think about to help you evaluate your, your core values and your goals and then develop a plan on uh, how you need to get pointed in the right direction so that you can feel wealthy not only in your financial life, but maybe along the way, some other areas of your life as well. So I think that's a wrap. We talked about being wealthy today. Now you've got all sorts of stuff to think about. It should be part of your tombstone thought process or your thought process as you're putting together your, your tombstone and you're putting together your financial plan every year. Just some things to think about. This is Dave Hagan. And you're listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast. You've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to financial success. 
If you have a question that you would like Dave to answer on the podcast, go to thefinancialwellnesspodcast.com. You can leave an audio message with one click of a button or type your message into the question box. Either way, it's sent right to Dave's phone. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you receive the new episode notifications. Let's listen in now as Dave answers some emails. All right. So Nick has stepped out for a minute. I've got an email here that I will read. I think it's pretty, uh, uh, pretty relevant in terms of what's going on in the world today. The email says, Dave, it seems to me there's bad stuff happening in the news. Inflation is on the rise. The media is talking about Russia invading other countries. I see all sorts of things about the fact that maybe it's time to sell some of my investments. What are your thoughts? Thanks so much, Cindy. Hmm. Well, Cindy, here's some thoughts or some things for you to think about. First, I can't really give you, um, you know, any answers on, on the air for a number of reasons. First, um, I, I don't want to give out specific financial advice. I don't have the license um, to do that. Second, um, I don't know where you're at in your life path um, and where you're at. I don't know what um, you know, what your goals and your aspirations are. I don't know how much money you have in relationship to where you want to be. I don't know what your definition of wealthy is, et cetera, et cetera. These are all critical issues that need to be addressed before I could tell you anything specific, but I really wouldn't be doing you any favors to, to give you any advice without knowing that. But here, here's some things to, to think about. Um, first, if, if you're trying to time the market, you'll eventually lose. So if you're trying to, to sell on bad news and uh, or before bad news and then, and then buy as things go up, most people that, that, that buy and sell or try to time the market um, eventually lose. I, I think it's, it's so cheap to sell stock, now buy and sell stock, um, that it, it causes people to run in and, and run out. And I know the market goes down and you go, oh man, I got to sell it. I got to prevent more loss. It's because our brains are wired to abhor losses. But, um, you know, a lot of times when things dip, you, you just, you, you got to stay with it. It's, it's, it's too easy to try and um, buy and sell and time the market. And most people that do that don't come out um, very well. Second thing, if you bought good stocks or think good companies, uh, chances are you probably be okay. Anyway, you know, our friend Warren Buffett has said, buy companies, not stocks. Look at the company. If the company's got a good basic mission, if it's got good management, um, if they put out good products, um, think about buying a slice of the company, not necessarily the stock. And if the company's basic mission or, or management or the environment around it has changed too much, well, maybe you want to think about selling, but not often and not a lot. Um, but that's assuming you got into good investment, good stocks, good company. Uh, company is a, a good thought process. Um, third thing is uh, current world events shouldn't affect your investments um, if you're playing long ball. If you're, if you're trying to time things, yeah world events are going to change that. But if you're playing long ball, chances are you'll be okay. Most, uh, most stocks have recovered from the Great Recession. But those are people that had to hang with it. I know a lot of people that sold and they locked in those losses and they, they missed the ride back up. And of course, we're way past where we were when the Great Recession hit. 
Um, I know a lot of people were, were tempted to sell when, when COVID hit. And those people that, that stayed in the game have now recovered and, and then some. So if you've got the right set of companies that you've purchased, if you've got the right investment strategy, if you're playing long ball, chances are you're going to be okay, even in times of inflation or, or, or world events. And then the, the last thing I would say is, you know, um, take some time to talk to your advisors. Give your advisors a call. Oh, who are your advisors? Well, I'm glad you asked because we're going to talk about that next week. Um, but talk to your advisors and, and get their input. I remember when, um, uh, you know, the, 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 the COVID scare sent the market down. Um, I got a call from uh, a friend of mine and, and he said, you know, well, how you doing? I said, well, how should I be doing? He goes, you know, people in the know are sitting tight, but there's a big group of people that are selling. I said, I don't recommend that. What do you think? No, I don't think you ought to. He says, I think this is a, this is a short-term issue. It's going to change the world in some ways, but the, the basic intrinsic design of the world economy is going to be about the same. So um, talk to your advisors, bounce some ideas off of them, but don't start running for the door when the market goes down. I don't, I don't think that you need to do that. So some things to think about in general, Cindy, no specific advice, um, but I appreciate you sending an email and hopefully these things will give you some stuff to talk about. All right, everybody. I think that's a wrap. That's enough for today. Nick, thanks for jumping in. Thanks a lot, Dave. Hey, my pleasure, guy. All right, everybody. Next week, we're going to talk about financial advisors. Stay tuned. This is Dave Hagan. And you've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast. You've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to financial success. If you have a question that you would like Dave to answer on the podcast, go to thefinancialwellnesspodcast.com. You can leave an audio message with one click of a button or type your message into the question box. Either way, it's sent right to Dave's phone. Remember, Dave will randomly draw from the submitted questions and pick the winner of a free one-hour personal conversation with Dave to help you achieve your financial goals. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you receive the new episode notifications or share the podcast via the app with your family and friends. This is your announcer, Nick Appel, wishing you every financial success.